Hi, I'm CJ. And I'm Kari. And, and this, this is, is Expecting, Expecting Expats. Expats. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Expecting Expats. We are back. <laughs> <laughs> We're back from our summer break. From our first break from the podcast. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, but I'm glad to be back. I feel like the time, I mean, we've only been out for two weeks, but... Um, I feel like a lot has happened in the two weeks, especially because we're now ending. We're in our third trimester and it's going really quickly. Yeah. Bye. I also feel like a lot happened since we gave our update before our holidays. I feel like so yeah. much has happened with the pregnancy. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, how are you feeling at the time at this time? I mean, I'm feeling pretty good, but just very low on energy mm-hmm. um, already now. My partner has to take over a lot more chores at home because everything that involves me bending over is just like, I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm learning that as well. And uh, picking up our daughter, he's also slowly taking over, both bringing and picking her up more and more. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think, yeah, I feel pretty good. But uh, there's been a few, actually, while I was on holiday, I got, first I got an email from the doctor like, oh, you're... Iron is very low, so we recommend that you start taking... Oh, iron supplements. Supplements. And then a bit later, I got like, oh, we did this uh, blood sugar test and the result was abnormal. So we cannot make a conclusion yet, but we have to do a new Another test. One. Oh. So I'm doing that tomorrow, actually. And I'm just like, oh, what if I have pregnancy diabetes? And like, what does it mean? Yeah. I, like, it's too soon to say anything about it. That would be like a yeah a thing I can update on later in another episode, but let's see how it okay. goes. Yeah, I mean, hopefully it goes well. I mean, I know that some people can control their diabetes just through diet alone. Yeah. But, um, and then I also found out that some hospitals don't take you if you're taking insulin. If you can't. Yeah. So you have to go to different hospitals within uh, Frankfurt just because some won't. But hopefully it's just a weird test and then it comes back as... I hope so. Good. Yeah. Because that's a... Yeah. Just another another thing to add on to just feeling already exactly. tired and all. I mean, I could deal with changing my diet. I think that would be fine at this point. But it's more like, yeah, what kind of consequences does it have for the birth? And mm-hmm. do they want to keep me longer in the hospital and these kind of things? But... Yeah. Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's yeah, tomorrow. I don't want to have doubts or anything like that. No, yeah. I understand. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff also that happened with me. Like, yes and no. So as in, I went to a doctor's appointment that was supposed to just be normal, just a doctor's appointment. And they're like, oh, you're having like slight contractions at this time. Like, are you stressed? Like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, like work a bit. Yes, but... Also, just like living life and trying to handle a a (laughs) (laughs) one-year-old. Yeah. You know, so then they're like, we'll come back again this week and let's see if it continues. But like, you should probably like stop work and stop doing whatever. Just kind of like take time to yourself. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm going to take time off work. Like, that doesn't make sense. I'm just only three weeks left until I'm on maternity leave or Mutterschutz. Um, in Germany so just don't worry about it and then I went back on Friday and then they're like yeah you still have them I really think that you should take off and then it was a 
okay, I'm just taking off. Like I, yeah. I don't want to keep pushing this and like then me being worried every time at work if like stress is impacting me too much or yeah. whatnot. So, Good so decision. yeah. Yeah, and so I, I have taken off. I've, I mean, you, CJ, have seen. I've just done doing arts and crafts. <laughs> I've done a lot of artwork. Yeah, I was in- like, wow, the place looks new. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but honestly, like, kind of just buying stuff online, and then and then my uh, Eric, my husband, puts puts everything up, or you know, redoes, re, 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 he does everything new, kind of. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing is just kind of relaxing, trying to, mm-hmm. and then nesting is also happening now. Like even Eric is, I was teasing him about it. Like he's kind of nesting as well. Where we're both just trying to get everything done Yeah. around the house. Like what we've always wanted to do, like, um, now is the time. <laughs> yeah. Like organizing our basement or our keller or the <laughs> yeah. cellar, you know? So like going through all the clothes that we have. I want to make an inventory list of everything that we have just so I can look at the box and say, okay, this is what we have Yeah. <laughs> in this box. I'm not going to go through this box. I'm just going to like look at this list. Um, so we're like planning that. So I, I don't know. I just feel like it's more calm. But then in the past three or four days, I've just been in so much pain um, I mean, my baby has flipped the boy, so he's not like dining where she was breached, so like head high. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just having these sensations that I've never had before. Yeah. Like I can't bend down. Yeah. With dining, I could because like her little feet. Way. Yeah, her little feet were just <laughs> near me, but now it's like, oh, I can just go straight down, bend down. Like now I'm like, oh my gosh, this actually is painful. Yeah. If I bend down, this yeah. is kind of insane. Um, yeah, because everyone would always say that, oh, you can't bend down. I'm like, I can bend down. Like, nothing is in the way. Um, and yeah, just this pain now, but it's just because he's, I just got back from the, the hospital, which I know that we're going to go into um, in a second, but um, to, to register for, to, to give birth. But um, they had to do an ultrasound and they're like, yeah, the pain is coming because his head is just resting on your bladder. Yeah. So, so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So if you drink water, which is so hot outside. Yeah. Like they're like, keep drinking water, but go to the bathroom all the time. Like even if you don't think you need to just go because then it'll just like relieve some of the pain. Yeah. So I'm walking around like in pain, but no contractions, just like pain. So much pressure down there. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And I'm 34 weeks now, so I still have four to six weeks left. Yeah. So I'm like, hopefully he moves his position, but I don't know. I don't know what they do. I don't know what babies do when they're like in the correct position, you know? No, I guess they just kind of stay there. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is this how it's going to be for six weeks? Or is it like, he's just in a weird position now and he'll like get off my bladder at one point. I don't know. I just kind of... Good question. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Could only be four weeks. That's so crazy. It's getting close. <laughs> I know. I know. That's why I'm like, oh my God, there's so many things that I want to do. Um still with the apartment and 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 everything like that yeah and even with Dagny because you realize slowly that um and I know that we'll have a podcast episode about this but like going from a family of three to four yeah and it is so exciting to see, like know that you're having a baby but then yeah like this realization of like it's no longer gonna be us three exactly and so. all the attention cannot be on our current kids yeah they'll have to share the attention exactly 
And then we also have to give the attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like, oh my God, like I wake up in the morning, I'm like, take me. And now I'm <laughs> yeah. going to have to do for both, you know, like, which yeah. is fine. But like, you just think like, oh, wow, it's just going to be so different. Like, it's just going to be different. So, um, but I know that our podcast today in this episode, we wanted to really discuss how I am preparing for a vaginal birth after C-section, which yes. is called a VBAC. So yeah, vaginal birth after C-section, VBAC. Um, and I did a lot of research. I can imagine knowing you. <laughs> I, yeah, I've taken like a five-hour course. I took a course on it while we were on oh. our two weeks break um, and I was off work. <laughs> so I was just <laughs> learning and reading and watching videos and about VBACs and like how to go about them and like what the risks are. But just really interesting things, even how the labor process goes. Yeah. Um, the scientific background of like how even the baby is like moving through your uterus as channel. Yeah. As it goes down, it's not just like a slip and slide. It's like a, they're fully moving. Yeah. And like circling themselves kind of. Um, so, or, or spinning, I guess is what they, they term it, spinning babies. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I did that and it's kind of interesting and scary. I would have to say. (laughs) <laughs> I think it was good that I did it, but it's still, then it like made me understand like what actually the risks were of a VBAC. Okay. D- did you do it online? Sorry. Like, yeah. Did so it? actually I found this, it's called Mama Stay Fit. It's like Namaste, but it's Mama Stay Fit. Mm-hmm. And it's basically two, one is a registered nurse. It's from the US, but she's a registered nurse, but deals with, um, newborn babies and like, and the other one's a registered doula and uh they both basically they're sisters and they have three kids each and they basically do like fitness programs but then also information on how to give birth Mm, cool yeah and they had a full v-back section on like really supporting vaginal births after c-sections because in the u.s it's not really considered I don't want to say considered normal, but most of the people I know who had C-sections, their doctors are just like, just have a second C-section, have a third C-section, yeah. just keep doing C-sections. Yeah. Um, so I took their course, which I mean, wasn't expensive and it's like, yeah, four and a half, five hours. Mm-hmm. And then they have all these documents and like spreadsheets on like how to, you know, lay down, but like still be in this position, the best position. So, yeah. um, But it was interesting to hear the risks because you're always like, everyone always says, oh, well, it's riskier after your C-section. But you sometimes, I mean, I didn't realize like what was risky. Yeah. And it's basically a uterine rupture. Which Which sounds scary. Yeah. I mean, it is because it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it basically means that your scar from the inside because basically the way c-sections work are they go through four to five layers yeah you know one is your skin uterus like your muscles everything like that to get to the baby Mm -hmm. and then they take the baby out and they sew you back up yeah and depending on how they sew you back up or even the scar itself because i think some people some countries still do like a t-scar like i have one under like my bikini line but like some countries will just do straight down. Oh. Which that's like, yeah, really dangerous. But anywho, um, so just like the different scar types and like even how you're sewn up, like if you're like sutured with like 
stitches mm-hmm. or sometimes people will use um, like glue, like surgical glue. Yeah. And then so that also depends on um, if you can do a V-back or if like a C-section should be okay. beneficial. But the whole thing with uterine rupture is that basically it's a lining of your uterus breaks open. So you might not even be aware. I mean, that you can't happened. see it. Yeah. But it's happening inside because one of the four layers basically tears open. Yeah. And you're bleeding out from within. And then it's you're scary. suffocating the baby with your blood. So the baby's also like in severe distress. So you're, and it's just a lot of like, you, I mean, of course you could die from it. And because you bleed out, and then the baby could die as well from suffocation. So you're kind of like, oh, okay. And then the the point though is that it's still a very very low. What the CDC says, which is the government, the U.S. government's mm-hmm. health organization, it says that um, people who do VBACs they have a 0.7, so 0.7 percent chance of having a uterine rupture. Okay. Compared to a 0.012% chance of like someone like you who had a vaginal birth. Yeah. So it goes up. But then when I went to the hospital today, they're like, you have a 2% chance. I'm like... Mm. 2%? Yeah, I'm like, that's much higher than a 0.7. <laughs> but they're like, but you still have a 98% chance of not. And you're like, okay. And the issue... Not the issue. The thing is, so I'm... When I first heard that, I got really freaked out and thought, oh, maybe I should just have a C-section. Yeah, that scares me a bit. Yeah. But if you you want more kids, which I do, the more C-sections you have, the more the rate of having like placental issues Mm -hmm. is also a major, is, is going up. That's at the same rate as a uterine rupture. Yeah. And placental issues, meaning like the placenta instead of attaches to the wall of the uterus, mm-hmm. it like goes through oh, and yeah. attaches to like other organs within your body. Oh, yeah, I heard about this. Yeah. And then you technically like can't have the baby and you have to have a, f- a full hysterectomy. Yeah. And then you can't have it. And you can never kids. have any kids anymore. Yeah. And so that rate is the same as a uterine rupture. So you're kind of like, oh, okay, so I'm like stuck. So if you want more babies, you, in any case, well, yes. It goes after three. Yeah. So after okay. three. Okay. But then you're kind of like, okay, dude, I want to stop at three. And if you have another C-section, then, and, and then again, so many doctors will say different things. Like my doctor is like, hey, I know people who've had five to six C-sections and they're fine. Or they'll, they'll have two C-sections, a vaginal birth, and then two more C-sections. Yeah. Or, so, and so I get confidence from others where, you know, I went to the um, the hospital today uh, to register, and then they were discussing it with me, and they were very like, look, you can try, but it's a 50-50% chance. But then if you go online, there's these VBAC calculators where you put in your weight, your age, if you've ever had surgery, yeah. like how many, how long ago was it? And then it gives you a percentage of like, what's the outcome that you could maybe have a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. And like the, all the calculators I took were like 76%. So I'm like, okay, I have like 76% chance that I can do a vaginal birth. Okay. Still pretty good. Yeah. No. So, so there's just so much 
information I think yeah so I'm almost in this way of like I'm glad I did the course because I know so much but then I'm scared that it's freaking me out more but I have a question so and knowing how careful they are here in Germany mm-hmm. um with the whole v-bag situation is it then that they um monitor you more and like during the labor will they well that's do any extra things so That's what I asked today. So I went to the hospital that I went to last time, and I like all the doctors and the uh, midwives that were there mm-hmm. last time. So I went again, and I spoke with them, and I asked, like, how do you... I know I know from my course how they monitor it. And it's basically, if the heart rate goes up and the blood pressure goes down of the baby, they instantly know uterine rupture has occurred. And so okay. they can fix it right away. Yeah. Like they can like, okay, C-section, boom, like get out of here. Yeah. They can do it me so up. fast. Yeah, give me blood transfusion kind of thing. And then like, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if they don't catch it. Mm-hmm. And so I asked as well, okay, so do I have to, as soon as labor starts, yeah. go in mm-hmm. to the doctor? Because that's what I would assume. Yeah. And they're like, No. Just wait until you're, you know, the normal five minutes, five minutes, unless you have um, bleeding. Yeah. Or unless your water breaks and you automatically go in. Yeah. And then, or unless you have like shoulder pain, because they said like instant shoulder pain is a sign that you're having a uterine rupture because it's referred pain to your shoulder. And then they also said if... um, You have a re if if your pain in your scar is so intense, even between when your labor first starts, yeah, and you're like supposed to be waiting five minutes for this next contraction, and then there's just pain. Yeah, that also indicates that there's a uterine rupture, and so you have to like go in right away. Okay, but even that, I'm like, but then you can like save me, you know? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, like it's just a big emergency. And you're like, okay, because they don't know, like it could be a partial tear. Yeah, it could be, but again. This is such, like, when I spoke with my doctor, my doctor, who I, I do trust, and he was, like, head in of a, a small town, like Aschaffenburg. Yeah. <laughs> you know, clinic. Um, he was like, this thing happened so, so seldomly. Like, it's yeah. so rare. Yeah. He said in his 26 years of practicing at the hospital, he only saw it once. Mm-hmm. And they caught it in time and then moved forward. Yeah. And then when I asked at the hospital today, they were like, yeah, it's really, really rare. Okay. So it's also a thing where I'm like, so then I said, okay, but why is it that I'm not going to the hospital so soon so that we can monitor it? Mm-hmm. And they said that uterine ruptures happen most of the time when... The, the contractions are just so long because yeah. it happens during contractions because your your stomach muscles are basically just stretching that scar. Yeah. And so... Makes sense. That's when it gets affected by the contractions. Right. And so that's why they said you should just come in when they're five minutes apart because before that, your contractions are kind of... So mm, mild. Yeah, so mild. Yeah. But it's not that big of a deal. He's like, no, yeah. don't get me wrong. Like anything could create a uterine rupture. And even normal births have uterine ruptures, you know? Yeah. So they're like, so it's just, but they're like, but that is always the risk of having like a vaginal birth after C-section. Mm-hmm. And then they also said, and this is Germany, completely different from the U.S., <laughs> but um, they don't, they 
really don't want me taking an epidural. No. Because then I can't feel the pain. Uh-huh. And Makes I understand sense. that. You know. How do you feel about all that? Okay. Pause. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Like, how do you feel about like all of this? Because I know you've been anxious about things in the past. Mm-hmm. And now this is like a lot of information. Yeah. Well, um, it does feeling? make me anxious. It really does make me anxious. And that's why I'm like, is this a good thing that I did this entire um, course? course? Mm-hmm. Because my sister, who I, I was actually very surprised. I mean, <laughs> my sister is very detail oriented. I mean, she has her PhD in like biomedical chemistry. She's like, whatever, like big in her company and all this and then she had a successful VBAC yeah and I asked her like when did you go into the hospital and she Mm -hmm. said oh well I just thought oh I'm having Braxton Hicks contractions and then we went in and she was already fully effaced and at eight centimeters what yeah I thought weren't you nervous about uh uterine rupture and she's like um no because she had planned to do a c-section oh at 38 weeks or 38 and a half weeks but her baby came at 37 weeks so she hadn't even like researched really about Mm -hmm. v-bags so no and she's like no i just kind of went in and i'm like oh do i have a c-section no and then the doctor on call because her doctor was on holiday or something the doctor on call was like are you sure we can have a v like you can do a vaginal birth if you want and she's like uh sure (laughs) they're like sure we'll just like put you on some uh um, an epidural so you can relax and then she said three hours later she had her baby wow yeah like, what <laughs> but weren't you nervous about a, like a uterine rupture and she's like mm, no I yeah. never I never looked into that no I mean this is something <laughs> so I was like okay <laughs> that would comfort me a, a bit in a way I, because we just know like Germany they are so careful yeah with pregnant women mm-hmm so I feel like even the fact that they still think it's okay for you to do the VBAC and everything, that's already saying a lot. Even my doula, who I had, because when I realized, okay, I should probably need, I need, I need someone to maybe get more support, you know, because Eric is, I mean, he's, he, did, he has his master's in statistics. So he's like, oh, like 0.7%, it's like one out of our blah, 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 thousand, blah. I'm like, hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's like, yeah, so it's like rare. He's like, that's like, doesn't happen. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. And so, but again, I don't know if I'm just like the, the, the worriness of like death in, in, uh, labor. Mm-hmm. I think it is scary. And if you look into any of the statistics on anything, it could scare you. Yeah. And so that's why I'm trying to get a, a doula or a hibama to, um, come in and chat with me about it. Because when I spoke with the Hibama that I'm going to be using, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I I help a lot of VBACs and like 90% of them work. You're fine. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. And all, like anyone who I've known who's tried a VBAC has got it. Yeah. But again, I said to the doctors today, I'm like, look, I just want a healthy baby and a healthy me. So if you feel that I can't do it. Like, you just have to tell me and I'll go and do a C-section. Like, I know how that works. 
But they basically said that the way they determine it is one, if you do have uterine rupture, it's automatic C-section. Mm-hmm. Or if the baby's in distress, anything that would be normal. Yeah. But then they said that the longer normally... For people who haven't had a birth or had have vaginal births, they'll wait for 36 hours. Like, oh, you're in labor for 36 hours? That's fine. Yeah. You'll deal with it. Um, where with me, they said because the contractions, if you're at five or six centimeters dilated where their contractions are pretty heavy, yeah. if I'm there for a long, long time, then they'll just say, hey your risks are going up for uterine rupture because mm-hmm. like your baby's not coming down but your contractions are so harsh yeah. that like you need to just do a C-section. Yeah. So I did feel comfortable more with that. And then, you know, in my course, they were saying, and this is really for every birth. So anyone who's had a, a birth that they just didn't like, mm-hmm. they said that um, a lot of women will take those insecurities or those anxieties, like even if they had yeah, their baby, like their heart rate dropped or something. And they're so scared of that again or whatever. Um, they said that you should write like these, like, f- like during labor, like you should write down or like say it to someone, like what your fear is mm-hmm. so that someone can respond back saying that's like irrational or like, don't worry. We're like here to support you. Yeah. So like, like you were saying before, like my anxiety. So I think I'm just going to use that technique <laughs> with like Eric to be like, you have to tell me this is like not happening or like to even like be able to speak with the, the nurses and the doctors to be like... To get that reassurance that yeah, it, you're okay. Yeah. That's so, a good idea. So that's my thing because that's that's the only way I know how to prepare. I mean, of course, I'm preparing as well, like learning the moves because again, last time I knew I was going to have to have a C-section. So preparing how to move your body like in the way to spin the baby. Yeah. You know, where, and I guess body, what I was reading about and even listening is your body naturally does this. But if you know it, then you can like, if you see the signs that you're moving back and forth, Mm -hmm. that means that you're, the baby is like in position two or negative two, negative one. So it's like coming down, Uh but you're moving it back and forth to like kind of rotate it. And then when you're going like, movements of forward and backwards then that means that the baby's going to like zero negative one negative two and then you're kind of like it's like turning because the face has to kind of like like come out yeah because it's hard to give a birth also if the head is facing yeah so you're helping the, the baby like move <laughs> and then when it's facing the right way then you're kind of like because i mean i can show you on the video but like it shows um the I guess the pelvis like how it's positioned when mm-hmm. you're moving back and forth or I guess side to side and then back and forth and like how it's moving and helping the head turn and then it says and then when you're when the baby is really coming out like how should you be standing or lifting or like you know have like a neutral spine kind of like be sitting up because you can't be hunched down kind of thing like yeah and then so then you're like ah okay so like this is how you can maybe help your labor more because if you are naturally seeing yourself kind of swaying yeah uh left and right you can then like i don't want to say put effort into it but then be like oh okay i'm just gonna sit on a ball like i know what my body is wanting yeah and then your partner or hibama whoever um can also see that nice 
yeah. So that's what I've done to, to do my VBAC. I talked to some other people who are going to attempt a VBAC um, in Germany, and they are registering or at least going and speaking with multiple hospitals. Okay. To see what their options are. Yeah, what they recommend. I don't know if I should do that. No. Yeah. I don't know. Because I'm like, is that too much stress? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. Because then, like, I guess the alternative to the hospital where you registered today is, like, a bigger one. Like, the big university hospital or... Exactly. Like, if I do, if I... So, there's, in Germany, there's a couple levels of hospital. Level three, level two, level one. Mm -hmm. And level two is, okay, they have a clinic for women to give birth in. Um, And... Yeah, I just find it to be so... It's peaceful there. Yeah. Where at the bigger ones, which the level one has... Just It's much larger. But then they also have a NICU for little babies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's... I mean, the small hospital, then they will transfer the baby, of course, there if necessary. But yeah. Yeah, but then you like want to be in the same hospital exactly. as your baby because you have yeah. to... Yeah. 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 <laughs> so so there's all these like what ifs, what should I do? Are the bigger hospitals more prepared because they've seen things like this before? Mm-hmm. Um I did like Uniclinic as in I feel but I think they're just more experimental, which is maybe weird to say, but they're just university students and so I feel that the lead um I think they call them the Uberarzt here or the mm-hmm. Chefarzt. Um, which is like chief, chief of the ward of the the the, um, the OBGYN ward, but they um, they're just like professors as well. Yeah. <laughs> so they're reading and they're doing all this research, and so they're kind of like, yeah, of course you can do that because the research shows this. Yeah. Where if you go to other hospitals, they're not doing that research. They just kind of like. This is how we've done it for years. So yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So I mean. If you were like a cancer patient or something, or something like that, I would <laughs> prefer to go to a university hospital. Mm-hmm. But I don't know for birth. It's also just like I also went to a small hospital last time, and it just feels somehow more cozy. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, a bit more intimate. Yeah. Which I think is good, assuming you don't have like any issues, of course. Exactly, and I mean, honestly, like. I know everyone says they have issues and everyone has their own birth story. Mm-hmm. Like, and if I go back and listen to my birth story, it's like, oh my God, I got sick. Okay, whatever. I was healthy. <laughs> the baby was healthy. I have a nice, like, you know what I mean? Like, my scar healed fine. Like, and even everyone I know, like, even if they had to stay in the hospital for maybe more time than they wanted, like, yeah. they were healthy. And don't get me wrong, I don't want to put anyone's trauma on, but that's the thing where I just need to, like, focus on, I think, is just... Just be healthy and yeah. you'll get over it as in like, because it's not your fault, however the birth goes, like if it's worse or not planned, as you said, but, um, one, and I'm not set on a back, And that's the one thing I was learning in my course as well, is that I don't want it to be like, I need a back or I'm not going to be happy Yeah, because then I'm going to set myself up for 
failure. Yeah, then you'll feel disappointed if it ends up not working out that way. Exactly. And now I'm kind of like, okay, well, I'll have a few contractions at least because last time I had maybe like a couple and then I had to go in and get a a C-section. Yeah. But this time I'm like, oh, I could maybe get to five centimeters and then they say have to get it. But at least I can like know what it's like. Yeah. To be in labor. Yeah. Real, real labor. Um, One thing I do have to say that did make me really excited. It, It didn't, it like hadn't dawned on me. But, um, so when you go into the clinic, right, and you go and you do the Anmeldung, so mm-hmm. the registration for the hospital, and you tell them your birth plan and everything like that. And then I walked out and all these little families were leaving. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to cry. They, just, the dad, you know, the mom was like struggling to walk <laughs> out. I saw two families. Oh. And the moms were like, oh like walking out like in their robes basically because they're just like this is horrible like just get me out of the hospital yeah and the dads were just so proud with their little babies and like you know so sweet (laughs) it was so sweet and then you think oh my god i'm gonna have i'm gonna have a baby soon yeah like it it didn't i know little things like that it'll dawn on you reminds yeah because you're just it's actually gonna happen yeah soon Because even with my course, even with doing everything, like you're, you're like, okay, this I have to do this, and I have to get the color ready. Then you, it doesn't like hit you Mm-mm. until you see it, like a little little baby, oh, and you're like, oh, oh my god, I'm gonna have. <laughs> I already have one, but like I, I'm gonna see him soon. Yeah. You know, and it made me like tear up and got really excited, and then I was like, oh my gosh, and then I'm like, okay, I'm 34 weeks. I have four, four to eight weeks, four to six, four to eight weeks technically left. So soon. Exciting. I know. But we'll see. Well, I, of course, I'll keep everyone updated on how the VBAT goes. And if my mind changes, I mean, maybe like in three weeks, I'm going to be like, no, give me a C-section right now. Yeah. If your anxiety takes over, then that's also okay yeah. to choose like, no, for my mental sanity, it's better. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared I'm going to be freaking out. I, that's mm-hmm. the one thing I'm worried about is that my anxiety is going to kind of go through and be like, oh, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Instead of like... Thinking about the baby coming. Thinking about the baby coming, relaxing, breathing through my contractions. Yeah. So, but yeah, we'll see. We'll do more episodes in any case, and hopefully also with the doula soon. So exactly. We'll we'll talk some more about this for sure. Exactly. Well, no, but thank you guys all for listening to this week's episode, and we're back from our summer holidays and vacations, and now we have a full year ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Thanks, everyone. Remember to subscribe um, on Instagram and on Spotify and everywhere you listen to your podcast at Expecting Expats. Yes, we love hearing from you guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.